Views and opinions discussed are purely those of the individuals who have shared them with us and are not to be used without permission. We may discuss some medical topics or items. Do not take this as medical advice. It is purely for information and entertainment purposes only. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Cairo Life. Thanks for all the listens and downloads thus far. Uh, We really appreciate it. So today we're back with another episode. Um, It'll be just a conversation between me and Justin talking about some of the seminars that he's been to recently, um, one being Eldoa and one being joint pumping. Yeah, man. So let's get into it. So let's start with Eldoa. What is that and how'd you get exposed to it? Yeah. So actually my exposure um, is actually pretty much the same for both Eldoa and joint pumping. Um, back in my sports performance life prior to chiropractic school, I interned uh, for a company called Altus down in Phoenix, and um, two doctors down there, their lead medical, Dr. Jerry Ramajita and Dr. Uh, Jazz Randawa, both use it, mm-hmm. have used it, um, and I don't, I don't know how much they use it now, but they exposed it to me when I was down there in 2016. Um, Jerry, Dr. Jerry Ramajita used joint pumping a lot and actually demonstrated it on athletes quite a bit, and then um, I know Jazz used... Eldoa quite a bit um, in actually they all used it in warm-ups cool-downs um, recovery sessions it was a big 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 part of their uh, kind of warm-up and recovery protocol what kind of patients uh, did they use it on well so down there it was purely athletes purely athletes. yeah okay. purely athletes that was a track and field training gotcha. um, center so it was purely athletes now a lot of those when they would bring in um people to do talks on Eldoa on they had uh Scott um one of the guys a major major guy with Eldoa come in and do a talk other um, practitioners come in and are introduced to that as well so there Mm -hmm. got other athletes involved as well because at Exos at the center they had football and baseball so Exos ended up adopting some of these things but my exposure was purely track and field gotcha so um how would this translate to, let's say, just a general population? Yeah, so really um, pretty pretty well, I think. The whole point of Eldoa is really to create space. And that's really the point of joint pumping as well. But mm-hmm. Eldoa is postural exercises that an individual can do themselves with the goal to increase space within a given articulation. So within... Uh, a lot of the ones that we focused on or have focused on thus far are spine. Right. So pick a segment. They have a posture that you're going to hold and create fat tension through fascial lines right. um, at a specific segment to create space at said segment. So now what happens when you create space at a segment? Um, fluid rushes back in. Didn't mm-hmm. we learn about imbibition in, in class? Right. That takes place. So you're rehydrating the disc. You're creating more space for the disc, um, which then brings all the other health benefits of you know more just feeling better. Right. I remember you, when I had that low back pain earlier, um, I, would, I want to say August, mm-hmm. uh, I remember you put me through a few of those poses and they really helped. It helps a lot. It's and hard, see, but it, it helps. You see a lot of um, carryover to even like, they call it the general uh, general couch Eldoa. You basically lay down on the on your back flat, make right. sure your back's flat, put your feet up on the couch, make sure your knees and hips are at 90, 90. Right. Like, that's a pretty basic thing most people generally know to do when their back hurts. Right. Now, the next level is just adding tension and creating tension to, to provide the, the, the joint space. space. Yeah. yeah. But um, a lot of it's pretty basic stuff as far as just creating or just getting in a good position. And then from there, that's when it gets complex to create the tension mm-hmm. in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And that's just Eldoa. 
Right. So what about joint pumping now? So the purpose of joint pumping, again, is is to create space or to get a joint to move. All, joints, their whole purpose is motion. Right. So if it's not moving well, whether it's the joint that's painful or is a joint up or down that stream, you got to get to move. So the whole point of joint pumping is to move a joint. Mm-hmm. Um, now, their whole premise is if it doesn't move, joint pump more. Now, where I'm going to use this personally is... If I have a patient that's stiffer, if I have a segment that's more tight, stiff, not really moving well, mm-hmm. maybe I'll do some joint pumping to get it to move before I do an adjustment. Okay. Or maybe joint pumping is all they need. Maybe that helps clear what the issue is. Or um, in a combination with like soft tissue work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A combination of soft tissue. Um, and it all depends if, and I had, that's where I haven't had enough clinical experience with it personally. But yeah, I'm sure you can pair soft tissue work with it with some joint pumping and then you can get the cavitation or the movement you want out of the segment you want. Right. And now it's not just, that's just segments. We did joint pumping for every uh, joint in the body. Okay. Um, so it's pretty cool how you can get into and move some of these minor joints and affect change at a greater joint. Mm-hmm. I know I know that when I sprained my ankle, another injury of mine, and I always come to Justin because, I mean, he's the, he's the guy that knows all this stuff. Uh I sprained my ankle playing basketball, and you uh, did some joint pumping on my ankle, and that really helped. Uh, yeah, it it yeah. helped the recovery, and I was able to go to my intern and get an adjustment, which just went like that. Yeah, and that's the cool part about it is it kind of sets the motion framework for what chiros are trying to do. Right. So if you, I mean, I know, and this is geared more towards students, this comment, but I'm sure you've all been in that situation where you've had uh, a patient in front of you or even a fellow student in front of you and you're trying to adjust something Mm -hmm. and it's not going. And your first thought is, dang, that's me. What am I doing wrong? Well, maybe the first thought should be, okay, yeah, maybe there's something you did wrong. But if you're confident in your adjustment, maybe they didn't need it or maybe they're just that stuck. Right. Right? So if you get to the point where it's just that stuck, maybe you need another route of instead of just banging on something that that's stuck – this might help create some more space, open that joint up, so then you can actually get it to move the way yeah, you want like it to move. Mobilize it kind of beforehand, yeah. and then yeah, it's it's very much like a mobilization, right. um, but you end up getting a lot of the same movement you'd get from an adjustment, right? So, so um, explain more about now the the seminar, the certification process for each. Yeah, so um, it's an interesting interesting system. Um, the creator, the guy's name is Guy Voyer. He's French. Um, He is, I believe, medical school trained, osteopath school trained. Um, He's taught up at Sutherland. He's worked at Queen's University up in Canada. Right. Um, So he's he's got a lot of experience with anatomy. I know that he they talk in in the um, seminars about at least Aldoa about Guy's experience with uh, cadaver dissection. Apparently, since they tell a story about him and his uncle or some family member uh, worked at a morgue. And so, like, owned, like, a, a, a morgue and um, cemetery. And so they did a lot of the body embalming. So he did a lot of dissecting wow. and helping as, like, a teenager. Right. So he got into this sort of thing as a teenager, and then that pers- helped him with his pursuits through school. And so um, he interesting guy but what that's led him to do is kind of keep everything under wraps and Mm -hmm. kind of hold on to everything and so it's very hard you kind of have to be aware of it to search it out 
Um, and I know there's a guy by the name of Bryce Turner who's doing a lot of stuff right now um, down in L.A., I believe, in the L.A. area. He's kind of running the U.S. hub, at least at the West Coast, as okay. far as Aldoa goes. Right. Um, but joint pumping um, is run by, at least out here, being hosted by a guy by the name of Dr. Jason Amstutz. Mm-hmm. Um, he is also in the L.A. area, um, I think North L.A. Um, but really, it's just tricky because... He has only allowed so many people the permission to teach. And then from there, they're gotcha. allowed to only do so much. And so it's like... It's staying pretty exclu- exclusive. Yeah, Guy's whole thing is he wants to train the top 1%. Oh, okay. So he's not trying to mass produce this whole thing. Right. But the problem with that is financially it's becoming an issue. And so they're trying to figure all of that out. So anyway, right. um, it's it's a great system. It's an osteopathic system. So okay. it's very different, right? It's, it's not... Um, Let's just move a bone to move a bone, mm-hmm. kind of where we're at, very minimally, right? But it's like, okay, you have this issue. Let's assess the joints. Are the joints causing it? Because their whole thing is fascia. If the fascia is matted down to a segment of the spine, to a joint, whatever, mm-hmm. not causing movement, then you're going to have issues up the chain, down the chain, etc. Right. And so they get into things. Their whole base is the pelvis, right? And the pelvis is a bowl. You can look at all the organs that sit in the pelvis. Let's say you have fascial adhesions within the pelvis that are causing some sort of organ constrictor. We learn about organ constrictors all the time in school. Never learn about what causes them, just that they happen, right? Yeah. But let's say you have, you've been hit in the stomach for whatever reason you have, or you even had surgery. Let's go there. You had surgery and it's scar tissue on your appendix is now causing a bound up of your cecum or on the other side of your descending right yeah then you have issues with your digestion but you don't know that it's caused from the fascial yeah from the yeah. fascial connections and that's just being aware of the anatomy and being aware of these different just another layer excuse absolutely. the pun <laughs> absolutely just another layer to to figuring out what's going on yeah. yeah yeah and i like how they take it from a anatomical fascial standpoint um whereas like you can get into some of the we talked with CJ last time about some of the reflex stuff where it's like, you don't really understand what's happening, right? but you understand it's happening. And this is more like, okay, here's why it's happening. Mm-hmm. And you're always going to find the why because that's part of the entire process, if that makes sense. And it's gotcha. not like a, a stretch to understand. Mm-hmm. It's like fascia, you know, fascia runs from here to here. You know, fascia is connected. You know, it runs around this thing, you know, yeah. and it just, it kind of makes sense. And so that's where I've kind of fallen into that. Did you uh, read Anatomy Trains? I've read parts of Anatomy Trains. It's a very dense book. Yeah. Um, But a lot of stuff that Guy talks about is along those same lines of, I mean, shoot, I've got the Eldoa One here open in front of me, and there's a line that says he was one of the first medical students to fully dissect the, um, first medical students to fully dissect the anatomical chains, like the fascial chains. Okay. So I don't like the ones how. they show in anatomy trains, right? Similar. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say they're the same, but similar. Yeah. And so, like, that's not a, um, one, not a new concept, but two, right. like, that's a very uh, well-known, not well-known thing, those fascial chains. And so, yeah. um, it's interesting because he expands on it, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, the fascia does run on those chains, but the fascia also runs out and runs out and it, it kind of connects to a lot connects of everything. Places. Yeah. And yeah. so, it's just yeah. a matter of understanding understanding how fascia runs, how fascia lies. And that's kind of why um, I tried to get into dissection with Mama Z and luckily she's let me come back. I want to start this. I want to see those things myself. Right. Because they talk about 
doing live dissections, they'll go do live dissections. And I say they, I'm talking about Dr. Jason Amstutz and the helpers that help the joint pumping. Yeah. They go in LA and do live dissections. That's a course they do. So that's just a really cool thing. That, it's a cool experience too. Yeah. Just to see how fascia actually runs in right. the body because they take it out. Right. We don't see it in books. We don't see it as much. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, they, they never mention it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's ever been mentioned outside of the Anatomy Trains book that everybody mentions. Well, yeah. School itself doesn't mention the fascia. No, the, other than, um, other than they do when they're teaching it around muscle. Right. That's usually where you hear about it is around muscle or around like organs. They teach it. Yeah. Like, the, the lab, basic, about it. Yeah. But like you don't learn that it's actually connecting and running. Yeah. Like the oblique swings and like, yeah. you know, like if your left shoulder's forward, your, your right hip is, yes. you know, that kind of stuff, the cross mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. You don't, and that's the stuff that, not to <clears> knock anybody's education. And I understand the purpose of our education is to pass boards, but that's just like the part that I feel is missing mm-hmm. is just that we don't get enough exposure to that sort of train of thought. Right. And that is what, I mean, helps people move. Yeah. And if you can't, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to people move in the end, feel better and move. And so right. that's a big component to that. Yeah. It's like, why not? It's like, we got to hit all of the, the parts of movement, right? Absolutely. Bones, muscles. And fascia. Yeah. Right? It's like, what, you can't just skip one. No. Right. And that's where I think this um, joint pumping, Aldoa, the the Guy Voyer sort of school of thought is very different in that it only focuses on fascia to start. Like, the, yeah. that's the big main component. And then from there, it works on, okay, tendons. It works on ligaments. It works on other things. Right. So, so yeah, they have a program... Um, it's, it's kind of a big program. It's under the osteopath. They have this sort of American arm of it. They call it somatherapy and soma training. It's portions of the osteo program. So what I mean is if you were to go take the osteopathic program, it's a huge program, right. purely. But um, it encompasses all of these things. And so it's kind of strange. If you're an American being exposed to all of these things separately, you can take them. But then if you want to go into the osteopathic program, you have to redo them within the program. So... That's one downside. The other side about that is, is unfortunately, it's a French osteopathic or Canadian osteopathic degree school. in school, so you can't really practice. You can't say you're a practicing osteopath in the United States. Hmm. So that's just something to consider. But the education and stuff is still very relevant and very important, and that's where I think like soma therapy and soma training they have those underneath so that you can get into and delve into the things you want to. And so like soma therapy is um, the therapeutic side of things, osteoarticular pumping or the joint pumping that I've been to, which is a year one course. Um, they call it TTLS, which is tendon something and um, ligamentous something or other. Transverse tendinous and ligamentous stretching. That's a year three course. They have fascia normalization, which is year two. And then their year four, sorry about the out of order of this, but the year four is diaphragmology. And so they get into the different diaphragms of, of the breathing? body. Oh, all oh, of, it, of the okay. body. You have multiple diaphragms. You have one in your neck. You have one in your chest. You have one in your abdomen. Different diaphragms of the body that are important for maintaining function and structure. Wow. Um, so that's just one. That's a soma therapy. And then if you want to get into soma training, that involves aldoa, that involves uh, general postural stretching, that involves myofascial stretching. They have reinforcement for upper body, lower body. Um, basically, Guy has created an entire like exercise program around mm-hmm. 
muscle groups and fascia and how to work them specifically themselves. In this Aldoa 1 manual, he comments that he started out an exercise and there's so many 600 muscles in the body, he wants an exercise for every single one of them. Wow. So that's kind of like his goal for this. But now he's developed this into a bigger system of stretches, of different positions to create space at joints, at articulations, mm-hmm. at the spine, wherever you need it to help hopefully create more space and movement, blood flow, fluid through into the spaces. Right. So you're doing both of these, soma so, therapy and training? No. So I have done Eldoa 1, 2, and 3. I think I'm going to finish 4 to become an Eldoa trainer. Right. The biggest reason I'm doing 4 is the pelvis. He, the big part of 4 is purely about the pelvis, and they talk about 22 axes of the sacrum in mm-hmm. the pelvis. So like the sacrum can move so many different ways, which we've been taught it moves, what, two ways, three yeah. ways? <laughs> so... It's a very different school of thought, and I'm just I'm intrigued. So that's as far as I'm going to go with that, right. as far as soma training goes. Soma therapy, I think throughout, I'll probably continue to finish soma therapy, but it'll take time. Yeah. That's something that I'm not going to do right now. It's something that I'll do over the course of time. I mean, they offer, they especially with COVID, they're only offering the courses like once a year. So like they only... They only come around very rarely. Are they always in the area here, or? Uh, so travel? that's the thing is, right now we've gotten super lucky that Dr. Justin Brink down at Premier Spine Sport has allowed them to use his place. Right. He has, um, he has, uh, he's been through it, and so he has a good relationship with uh, Guy and Bryce and Dr. Jason Amstutz, mm-hmm. and so they've allowed him to host. I mean, he's allowed them. Jason mm-hmm. and Bryce to host these at his place. Um, so if they maintain that, which it sounded like the joint pumping instructor wanted to, mm-hmm. it might be a regular thing, at least in San Jose. Other than that, yeah, Eldoa as well. Bryce likes to come up and for for it here, assuming they can draw a crowd. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they've come to school too. I remember doing an Eldoa. Yeah, I uh, think like introduction kind of thing. I've heard that. I think Bryce came. Yeah. I want to say Bryce came and talked at some club something or other. It was a few quarters ago. Well, I know they did a kin stretch. Is that the same thing? No. So kin stretch was separate. That happened three times in the library. Yeah. But I, this might have been quarter one or two. Okay. Uh, I think Eldo- it was before I got there. Yeah. So it was quarter one. Eldoa, it was quarter yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Eldoa was was there. It was in that room that we did um, LPT in LPT lab. Oh, okay. Right, that that big room, yeah, and yeah. I remember me and uh, a few of the a few of the people at school. Yeah, we went and it was intense. It's very intense. I mean, the one time I put you through it, you yeah. were in it for like thirty seconds, maybe max. You're and shaking like, and all yeah. that, but man, it feels it's good. It's not easy. You're working, and that's the thing is with Eldoa, you got to come ready to work. Right. It's not one of those like you're gonna passively stretch and hold things. No, no, no. You got to come prepared to work. So if if I'm gonna put someone through it. You're not going to work hard initially. Mm-hmm. We're going to get you in a position. I'm going to see and assess what you can actually do. And I'm going to make modifications, assuming if need be. And right. then from there, once we get the position set that I want, then we will work. And that's kind of the key is you have to, that's the hard part. You have to make sure the positions are set correctly before you can actually start working. Yeah. So. Do you, do you see yourself doing this with every patient or just patients that need it that you find out that, you know, like they could use this? Uh, uh, that's a good question. Like, how would you incorporate this into, let's say, a regular um, appointment? So, which one, Eldoa or joint pumping? Uh, let's go with Eldoa first. So, Eldoa is the one that's a little harder to um, do in a visit. Yeah, like if you have the time for it um, built in, where you can teach an exercise, then great. The problem with Eldoa is um, 
it's one of those things that people aren't going to likely do at home by themselves right. unless they're highly motivated. So if you have someone that's super highly motivated, by all means, tell them to do it and they'll likely do it. The problem with that is most people aren't as highly motivated for at-home exercises. Mm-hmm. So then you build in the time to do it in front of you and then you got to make sure you have a couple of sessions because likely they're not going to be able to get into the position you need right away. So it's a matter of modifying and making sure you can actually get to where you want to get. Aldoa is definitely a harder one to do. So I think I'd probably start with my more athletic patients that could pick it up a little bit faster right. just to start so I can learn how to best so I can learn how to best um, adapt it and coach it the way I need to right. for kind of brevity's sake. Do you think it's something that you can like sets like how do the sets and reps kind of work in that? Yeah, so actually you're only supposed to hold it for 30 to 60 seconds. Okay. So like an elbow stretch once you get into it 30 to 60 seconds max. And then, and can you do like, it again maybe one more time or no? Maybe like once more, okay. maybe, but not like right away. It's one right. of those things that the, uh, the when if you're doing it ideally, so like this is the way that I explain it to us is you come in, you assess. So let's say if we look at it chiropractically, I have someone that's got, you know, C4 on the right. I've got someone that's got a T8, T9 issue or even TL junction issue. Everyone has those. Mm-hmm. And then you have something going on, uh, L5, S1. Mm-hmm. So there's three different LDOAs I can have them do for C4, C5, T12, T12, L1, L5, S1. And I can have them do those within a session or right. whatever. I mean, 60 seconds doesn't sound long for one. So I mean, Not at all. Three minutes. If you're talking three to five minutes. It's... Right. But the hard part, again, is getting into the right position. Right. And so like that's where the cervical spine ones are very particular in the positions you get into. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make sure you're in that position rightly, correctly. Excuse me. And so if you aren't in that said position correctly, it's going to be off. You're not getting the tension you needed to right. be in the right right vector of the right plane. Right. Plus, I mean, there is that issue of the that mind-muscle connection that the general population might not have you know absolutely the and cues I've, i remember you cueing me and it's just like you know some of them it's like i understand because of my background yeah uh but i'm like man i don't know if everybody would understand right. that and that's the thing is you have to create the awareness and that's right. the other part of i think not just not just for aldoa or this i think importance for all of our patients who work with is awareness awareness of their own bodies yeah. how they feel etc so this is only a component of it right um but yes, I think it requires a heck of a lot of body awareness and proprioception to truly be able to achieve what you need to out of this. Now, right. I'm not saying you can't get there. I'm not saying I don't want to get there. It's just, it's a matter of, it takes time to get there. Mm-hmm. So if you're willing to wait it out, by all means, and mm-hmm. work at it, by all means. I will likely use it in clinic um, because I want to try it. it you, in student clinic. Student clinic. Yeah, yeah, yeah clinic for sure. Clinic is that opportunity to try those things. 100%. Where... Hey, this didn't work. All right, fine. Throw it out. Yeah. Modify. Do something else. Right. So, and we also can make appointments for a half hour, half hour, forty minutes, whatever we have right. time, and they're kind of flexible. So, take some liberties, take some time, use uh, yeah. it. No, that's um, definitely where we're gonna get to hone our skills, but kind of just figure out, like you said, what's what's working, what's not. Yeah. Modify. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, and then joint pumping. How? I mean, so without working an appointment. Yeah, man, joint pumping is something that. I'm probably going to use regularly. Right. Um, I'm of course, being a Cairo, I'm going to want to adjust. Right. However, um, I mean, I've had joint pumping done, obviously, to myself. I've had I've done joint pumping with others, and like the instant relief people get from joint pumping alone is amazing. Yeah. And like the feeling they get from it is second to none. Right. So I will likely use it all the time. Um, for me, it's going to be a matter of honing in when to use what. 
Um, right now, I practice a lot of the general ones, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of very specific ones. And so it's a matter of understanding from my assessment when to use. Yeah, that just comes with practice. And it does. Yeah, yeah, it just comes with time and practice. Um, By specific, do you mean for specific injuries or, I mean, I know it's based per joint, but what? So Let's like, say for the ankle. Yeah, so, I mean, pick a bone in the ankle. Right, you right. you can do a pump for each of the different bones of gotcha. the mortise joint of the foot. Once you get up in the navicular, the cuboid, you know, you can do a pump for any of it. Any of it. Okay. And so that's where it's just like I did only on you. I've only ever done a general talus pump, right? Just right. to create some space at that ankle because I knew it was just an ankle sprain. Right. Um, had I done more assessment or had better hands to understand like what tree was taking place at the navicular or the cuboid or in between mm-hmm. then i'd be able to actually okay let's pump this bone let's not worry about this bone let's be able to pump this bone yeah so like once you get a better understanding diagnostically and physically of the anatomy what's happening then you can make a better assessment and direct attack yeah. with your joint pump and then maybe you don't have to adjust that's the thing is like you come in with a foot or ankle issue and everyone's like well let's adjust that well, let's not. Maybe maybe we joint pump it. Maybe they feel really good getting out, mm-hmm. but I didn't need to make a big old cavitation and right. they're scared because I just pulled their foot off their leg. Yeah. And I, I know from, like I said, again, you doing it on me, it's also pretty quick. Um, it's not time consuming. It, it can be. It can, it can be? be. And I say that because Dr. Jason Amstutz, uh, he, he treats for an hour to two hours at a time and he does a lot of joint pumping and a lot of this other stuff obviously mm-hmm. but we asked him i asked him in in the seminar so i said how would you do this if you had if you had 30 minutes right not two hours how yeah. would you do this to fit it in and he couldn't really give me a good answer because like he doesn't he doesn't have to do that he's right. like i would never do that he has a luxury of two hours yeah yeah um the problem is not the problem i guess the the false sense of this take to take a time is I've only been working on youthful young bodies that even though you guys are stuck, things move a little bit easier. Right. It's the people, the older people or the people that have been in a certain pattern repetitively over and over again, that stuff might be stuck a little harder. Yeah. So that's when their whole thought process of, well, if it doesn't move, keep pumping it it'll move. Mm-hmm. Once you feel the movement, then you know you've made change. Yeah. Again, and their whole thing is with joint pumping, it's not it's moving at the joint, but what you're doing within the joint is you're creating a gradient of um, of the hydraulics within the joint. So like yeah. the synovial no fluid, fluid yeah. and all that stuff, it yeah. acts like, like a, they, they talk about it like a waving and like a, a hydraulic sort of pump and you're trying to create, if it's stuck, it's not moving. Mm-hmm. So there's no hydraulics quote unquote happening right so if you can create a gradient of the fluid moving through the joint then you're going to reinstore some joint motion and everything yeah. else conceptually it makes a lot of sense absolutely it makes a ton of sense right actually. and so it's a very i mean you watch me do it it's a very yeah. simple concept i'm super interested in it yeah. to be honest every time you've done it on me or tanner uh i'm just always intrigued i'm like this is something i can definitely see myself doing yeah i've been um, on fully using it in clinic a ton I mean, that'll probably right. be second. I mean, it'll be the, the next thing, the next adjusting. Right. Like, I'll probably joint pump before I adjust something. Yeah, it sounds like it. it it's a perfect precursor to the adjustment. Yeah. 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 And then if there's someone in other instances, if you have someone that doesn't like to be adjusted. Right. Right? Like, maybe they don't like their neck adjusted. Yeah. You could joint pump their neck and make their neck feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But you didn't get any cavitation. cavitation. Yeah. You didn't. But they're walking out like, oh, man, my range of motion so much better. And... 
there's different pump. The other interesting thing too is kind of uh, going off slightly. There's pumps f- pumping for uh, ligaments, so hmm. like ligament and flavum. That's fine. Yeah, okay. ALL, PLL. Really? You can pump those ligaments to create more fluid motion. Is that through. is that like a traction kind of thing? Uh, no, it's just a very general. Just, just kind of a general okay. pumping motion. It's literally a general movement of like the the spine. Interesting. Yeah, it's really to, cool. You have to show me that. that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's a it's a just a different, just a different way of thinking. Yeah. You know? Last thing with joint pumping. Um, yeah. is there anything that you would prescribe the patient to do after? Is there something that they got to do to maintain so, what you just did? Yeah. So that's that's where Aldoa comes in. Okay. And that's where so like, they go hand in hand like that. Yeah. So the the way that we were kind of quote-unquote sold on this stuff was the initially we took aldoa and they're like aldoa creates space or aldoa maintains space right so like if you can adjustment you've created some space Mm -hmm. show them the aldoa maintain the space hopefully the adjustment holds right that's the idea so now we have a post right a post exercise to do to maintain the adjustment that we just did right now the way i see it joint pumping is the precursor so i joint pump i adjust I teach Eldoa, and ideally... That patient's moved. never coming back to you because well, they don't need to. <laughs> yes, in, in course, in due time, yes. But, like, that's kind of right. Yeah, like, no, no, it sounds... It sounds super simple, but right. now that's not treating, like, the TTLS. That's not treating those other things. And so, like, right. if you want to get deeper into it, you have to, and that's kind of my plan. But simply put, that's the where my brain is with it right now. It's simply I'm going to joint pump. I'm going to adjust if I need to. Mm-hmm. I will teach them an Eldoa that will hopefully help or a stretch that will hopefully help maintain the space and the supplements that I've just created yeah. and whatever muscle work I need to do, you know, to make them feel better. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully over time that will create enough of a change that they can then sustain yeah. and see. That's the big thing. I mean, that's the end goal, right? Yeah. Is You want them moving better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Man, that is awesome. You have really open my eyes to a um hopefully i've opened a few listeners eyes yeah too. i mean all of our eyes um like i said i've seen you do it i i just never got a chance to really ask you more questions about it um i do want to see some more stuff from you but yeah so that is it for today's episode if you guys have any comments or suggestions on any topics that you want us to talk about or just or people you want us to interview exactly feel free to comment shoot us text those of you that have our numbers um directly get at us or you know dm us on instagram all that fun stuff right um, otherwise look out for episode six coming shortly thanks guys all right later